If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Steve since the sandbox. What's going on since the sandbox fans? It's your boy Kev. And you know what that means. If you hear my voice, we're talking ball. But we're talking Christmas Day basketball. We're going to dive into some matchups, uh, what we think, and then we're going to talk a little bit of a little bit of a surprise for you guys, too, towards the end of the episode. How are we doing today, Stephen Lou? <laughs> doing good. And, and Kev, it's always, it's always fun listening to your basketball intros. I'm sure everyone's so excited to hear your voice first. But yeah, the Christmas games are definitely going to be interesting. And I know that the season's really getting started tonight. And I think the players are excited to have basketball back too. But I want to talk about the first Christmas game. And, and Lou, you can jump in right after me. Um, but that's the Pelicans versus Heat. And honestly, Kev, I know you were talking about the Pelicans having high expectations. They're going to be a really good team this year. But I think the Heat is still going to have the better camaraderie. Still going to be, you know, the better team. Going to have a lot of chemistry coming off of being in the finals, I think uh, they're definitely going to want to win a game. So I think the Heat will steal this the first game on Christmas. Yeah, I think it'll be good. It'll be competitive. It's um good matchup-wise just because they don't really have a point guard to guard Drogic. I think Jimmy Butler's too quick for anybody they have, and he's, he's too good overall. Uh, they have Bam to cover Zion, and then Brandon Ingram's a force to be reckoned with, so they'll have to rotate on him a lot. But it should be fun. I think this is one of the more interesting Christmas games. I don't think it's – I think it's probably the least anticipated – just because of like lack of star power, because there's really only one or two on the court overall. But it should be a good game. Should be fun. Yeah, I feel you, Lou. Definitely the uh, the least anticipated, and I think that's why they threw it on for the uh, for the twelve o'clock game. But no, it's definitely going to be a close game. Um, I do think the Heat will will steal this one, be, just because obviously you know they're still going to be on that championship ride and on that finals ride, not championship, but finals ride. And they pretty much got the same nucleus of players. And I think the Pelicans, you're right, Steve, I, I did talk high about them. And I, I think they are going to be very good. But obviously, first game of the season, I'm going to give it to the team that was in the finals. You know what I mean? But I do expect a lot out of the Pelicans this season. And I think come midseason when, you know, Zion's got enough games under his belt and everyone's in midseason form, we see if Lonzo took any steps in the right direction. I think they're going to be a really good team and, and a good young team in the West. Yeah, they definitely can. Now let's move to our next game at 2.30. Uh, I love how they're squeezing in five games in prime time. I feel like just because all we've seen was bubble basketball recently. So they got to keep they got to keep us back on that level. The Warriors versus the Bucks. We talk about both the Warriors and the Bucks being good teams in the NBA, probably both top 15 teams in the NBA. But I do think the Bucs are, are a team that's more put together right now than the Warriors are. I think the Warriors have the pieces that they want to win and succeed, but I think it's going to take some time. And I think on the court right now, Giannis will probably be um, the most dominant player, and I, I'll have to give the Bucs the, the hand there. Yeah, I would do the same, just because I think there's no one to stop Giannis, and then you have good players that can cover Curry, and who knows if Draymond will play or not. And they're an offensive juggernaut I mean I know they only put up like say 90 points which isn't a lot obviously in today's NBA but Curry didn't play a ton uh Wiggins got in a foul trouble Oubre is trying to get his footing uh with the team and yeah I just think the Bucks are a better overall team I think they have the best player on the court again they're a regular season juggernaut so I I really don't see them losing this game at all yeah Lou I'm with you I don't think you know that Warriors team really is anyone that can cover Jonas or even slow him down I mean 
he's really, you know, think about it too big for Kelly Oubre and too strong and, and fast and just quick for everyone else. So it's going to be a definitely a tough matchup for Golden State. And they don't look great tonight against the Nets, but still the first game. So I'm going to let them get their growing pains out. But yeah, I get the Bucks in this one. Definitely. I think Giannis is going to dominate. Um, like you said, Lou, they got Drew Holiday now. So without Clay playing, he can focus solely on, uh, on Steph and, Pretty much they're going to let Oubre and Wiggins try to beat them, and I don't think that's going to happen. So definitely give this one to the Bucs. Jonas is going to go off. Let's get it because I got him on my fantasy team. He's about to get 40, 12, and 10. Can't wait. And now, guys, let's let's go to the, the, the last game that we'll probably sneak in before football starts on Christmas. I think everyone's excited about that, but we still have a lot of great basketball going on. But I think this is going to be the most controversial game we have the Nets versus the Celtics. And you know we all have our own little hometown bias here, but the Nets are going to be a good team, and we saw that tonight uh, with, with how they looked with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie together. Um, but I still think the Celtics are going to, to take the win on Christmas Day. I know that it's debated. The Nets are probably the better team right now. And I know the Celtics won't have Kemba, but I do think that Tatum will, will – you know, shine in the spotlight on Christmas Day. I think we'll get a good game from Jalen Brown, and we'll see how good Kyrie is going to be versus the Celtics. Yeah, I think I think this is a big win for the Nets. Um, I don't see them losing to the Celtics. Uh, better bench, better starting five, and they just – I don't know, man. It, I think the Celtics will be good, but without Kemba, I just don't see it happening right now. I, they just need something else unless the bench comes alive or they D up to rant and Ka- uh, Kyrie to the point where they're very off. I, I think it'll be a big showcase for Brooklyn and, and they really want to make a point. Yeah. I also got the nets with a W and watching them tonight. It's just, it's crazy how good their team is. I mean, I know it's only the first game, so we have to see if they can keep it together. But like, if you think about it, like they just are so deep and they have so many just, flat out like scorers like you got Kyrie and Durant and then you got Dinwiddie and you got Karis LeVert who both could put up 20 points a night if they had to and then you got sharpshooters like Joe Harris you got two solid big men in in Allen and DeAndre like they're just so good man it's it's really going to be tough to beat them so I got the I got the nets on this one and have a feeling they're going to be a really really tough team to beat in the east for for anyone even even Milwaukee in the heat yeah they they pretty much can be but We'll, we'll see how it's going to work out long-term with them over in Brooklyn. Guys, let's move West Coast to this game. We have the Mavs versus the Lakers, and this is another one. We have our defending champs in the Lakers, but I honestly think the Mavs might steal this one. This is going to be a team that's young and hungry this year, and what better way could they start off the season than beating the Lakers? And to be honest, I think this first game of the year is meaningless to the Lakers. Obviously, they want to start off the right way, but you know the Lakers are going to be around when it comes to the playoffs. I think that's when they know that those games matter, and I think this game might mean a little more to Dallas. Yeah, I think it'll be competitive. I'll stay with the Lakers just because I think they're a tougher team than they were last season uh, with Montrez and now Ibaka. I mean, Montrez and Gasol, I just think that they're just too good of a team. Even if LeBron rests a little, they're still going to go off. I mean, no Porzingis. Uh, I don't think Max Kleber – is going to do very much for us, AD and Gasol. And I think it's just, I think Luca will go off per usual. And I think that'll keep it close. But I think defensively, the Lakers are, are just a much better team. 
Yeah, I definitely do think, you know, Dallas is going to come out swinging. They're going to come out, you know, a lot of hype around Dallas this year. They're young. They're good. And I think they're going to come out swinging. But like Lou said, I mean, the Lakers are just so good and and have so much depth that even if LeBron does, you know, even half the game, like they still have more than enough pieces to beat the Mavericks, especially without Porzingis. And that's why I've been saying, I mean, until they get that third piece, like if Porzingis can't stay healthy, who really out there is going to help Luka? Like, Especially Tim Hardaway. Hot, yeah, but didn't they just trade him, didn't they? No, they have Hardaway. They got Josh Richardson. Oh, yeah, they got Josh Richardson. Yeah, but still, like, Tim Hardaway, like, he's not someone that's going to, like – Spark carry. the fear of God into it. Yeah, like, team. exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, LeBron sits, you still have AD, and then, like, AD sits, you still have a good – at least a good enough nucleus of guys that can beat you. If Hardaway's not playing good and, like, you only have Luka and Porzingis is injured, like, who are we going to rely on? Maxi Kleber? Powell, Josh Richardson isn't really a scorer like that. He's more of a defender and a, and a slasher, but I don't know. But, yeah, the Lakers are just too deep, so I'm definitely giving the win to them, but definitely are excited about the Mavericks, you know, come this season and what they're going to do. Yeah, things are definitely going to be interesting for both of those teams. I think those are teams that we're going to be talking about as some of the best in the West for some time. But, guys, let's go to our last game on Christmas Day, and that's the Clippers versus the Nuggets. I think this is going to be a great game. Going to have some playoff revenge here. But I honestly think the Clippers take this one. The season didn't end the way that the Clippers wanted it to. And with a new coach, uh, new Kawhi coming off an offseason, I think they're going to want to win early. They're going to want to win often. And I know that Nuggets team is good, but if Kawhi's in his bag, then they can't handle that. Yeah, I think they have a chip on their shoulder, and it's just – uh, they're a better defensive team. I think Ibaka is going to sure up the middle and, and D-up Jokic uh, way better than Montrez ever could. And, and then just they're a better team. That They're coming back. Uh, there's no special treatment anymore. Paul George has something to prove now. The pressure is like really, really on for them, like on themselves. And it's not so much from the outside world anymore. Or last year was expectations from everybody really but them. But now I think they'll be very good. And I think Denver's a good team. But again, the the comeback was a little um, more on a Clippers meltdown than how good the Nuggets are. And I, as much as I love Jokic and Murray, that they're not the Clippers. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the games I'm more excited for. I do think it's going to be close, but I'm with Lou. I do think the Clippers take this one. You know, they got Kawhi got more than enough time off last season, given the you know the five month break and then the early exit from the playoffs. So he's definitely going to be well rested, have a chip on his shoulder. Paul George supposedly you know, was working with his trainer that he was with in Indiana or whatever, or his MVP season in OKC. So he's apparently back. So even though they lost Montrez, I mean, they're still a really good team. They still have two superstars that, you know, hopefully if Paul George is back in form, two superstars that can average 25 plus a night. And yeah, I definitely give the upper hand to them. I do think the Nuggets got hot at the end of the season, but too soon. And I think, you know, they're not going to come out as hot as they finished last season. They did kind of overachieve there at the end. Like Lou said, that comeback was kind of storybook, honestly, if you think about it. So definitely give the Clippers this one. But the Nuggets are still going to be a really good team. They're still going to be a top, you know, three, four, five seed in the West like they have been. And this is not going to be a, a steamroll job for the Clippers by any means. Definitely going to be a close game. Yeah, I think it definitely will be close. And those are another two good teams in the West. But guys, we just talked about our Christmas games. And I know it's still the first week of the NBA. So I want to talk about some season expectations that we have across the NBA. Um, so our first one is, I, I want you guys to just come up with a little projection right off the top. Doesn't need to have 
uh, along with it. Who do we think is going to be the one seed in the West, and who do we think is going to be the one seed in the East? I'll go first, give you guys a little more time to think. And personally, for all the reasons that I was just talking about with the Clippers, I think they're going to be the one seed this year. And I know that's tough to say over the Lakers. The Lakers definitely did get deep, but I think the Clippers will have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder, just like you said, Kev. So I'm projecting them to be my one seed in the West. And get and then in the East, guys, I really think it's going to be the Celtics. I think if we can get Kemba healthy and can get him to actually play, you know, 48 games this season, 50 games, I feel like that would be an absolute plus. And with all of the moves that we made, everyone should probably have a proper role where the Celtics can excel and complement each other very well. So those are my two projected one seeds. I'm going to go with the Clippers as well, uh, just because they need it, I believe. Uh, besides the Lakers, obviously they'll be playing in the same place. Uh, and I think the Lakers are coast a little bit, but I still think they're the best team. And I'm going to go with the Bucks again for the one seed. I think Brooklyn could take it, but I do think Kyrie and KD will kind of coast once the end of the season comes. And I think they'll believe they're the best team in the league. So I don't think the one seed will matter to them as much. Uh, I think the Bucks need it more. And I just think regular season is just their thing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm also going with the Clippers um, in the West just because I think when it comes down to it, I mean, LeBron's going to rest. We know that. He's already said it. And like Lou said, I mean, like both of you said, I, I think the Clippers really do need that more, and they are going to have the chip on their shoulder. And if you think about it, if you're LeBron, what's the worst that can happen? You're the two seed. Even if you have to travel to the Clippers, you're literally staying home. So it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So I think they, I think they will kind of coast a little bit like Lou said and – not give up that number one seed, but I don't think they're going to, you know, they're going to put LeBron and AD and all the other guys rest before the one seed. Because like I said, even if they become the two seed, you're still in LA, you're still pretty much, you know, home, home court advantage. So it won't really matter. And for the East, I think it's going to be the Nets. I really do. I mean, like I said, they're just so deep. And I think there's a lot of teams, the East, I feel like is just so tough because like if the Celtics make that jump, like they could be the number one seed. If, Drew Holiday pans out in, in the Bucks and, and, and Giannis can keep playing how he's playing. It can be the Bucks again, but like that Nets team is just so good. And right now, just seeing them play one game, I mean, again, it's only one game, but they, re- they really did look good. And if KD and Kyrie can keep their mouth shut and just play basketball and play how they've been playing in the preseason and, and in this first game, then I think they're going to cruise to the number, well, not cruise to the number one seed, but I think they're going to find themselves at the top of the East come playoff time. Wow, Kev, not the 76ers, huh? <laughs> nah, they'll be a top three or four, though, still. <laughs> no, no, I definitely feel you there. Um, now, you guys could think this is very similar. I think it's a little different. Um, another question that I had as far as a season expectation is who do you guys think in the West and the East again is the biggest threat or contender? Because I think that's a little bit different than projecting the one seed. Um, And for that reason, I'm going to say the Lakers would be in the West. Um, So I do think it'll be a little bit different. Like you said, I don't think the Lakers really care about their record as much. And I think the presence to be able to be a repeat champion is there. LeBron still wants to continue to prove his worth in the legacy of the NBA. Um, So that's why I have the Lakers in the West. In the East, I have the Heat. So guys, both the teams that were just in the NBA Finals, I think, they have something to prove in their division, the West and the Eastern Conference, I should say, the conference. But 
yeah, I just think that those teams are on top, and, and until someone takes takes a throne from them, that they should be considered as the biggest threat or contender. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Lakers, and then I'm gonna go with Brooklyn. Um, I think Miami they were good, and I I like the Heat a lot. I think it was more of a perfect timing thing. The bubble happened to be in Florida. The Celtics were banged up and not as tough as them. Toronto was banged up. I I think Brooklyn just is the best team, and I think they're the only team that really has a chance to beat the Lakers unless the Clippers just turn it on and be fully what we expected them to be. Yeah, so for the West, like I said, I mean, we all went for the Clippers for regular season, but you're right, Steve, it is different, so I am going to give it to the Lakers. Like I said, that one seed at this point, especially when the Clippers are the threat for the number for the number one seed, is really irrelevant because, like I said, you're pretty much getting home court advantage anyway. You don't get to travel, so... I do think, like I said, they'll cruise, but we know come playoff time, LeBron and AD are going to turn on. I mean, yeah, the playoffs were in the bubble last year, but we saw what they can do, and they're just absolutely dominant come playoff time, and that's not going to change. You know what I mean? And there's, I don't think any duo on the planet that can beat them, and the Clippers are definitely, you know, going to give them a challenge, but, I mean, the Lakers, it is what it is. I mean, you're talking about one of the best duos that we're going to see in our lifetime, and as far as these, it's going to be the Nets, and I think – the biggest thing for the Nets is when you look across the East, right? You got the Bucks, you got Giannis, you got the Sixers with Embiid and Simmons, and you got the Celtics. You know what I mean? Besides the Heat and the Raptors, not really any of the top teams in the East have really finals experience. And I think that's the biggest thing for the Nets. You got KD, who's won multiple championships. You got Kyrie, who's played in multiple championships and, and won an NBA final. You got Steve Nash, who has had a ton of playoff runs for numerous teams so I think they really have that championship mentality and culture in Brooklyn already and then given their young guys that they have and their depth I think you know I really do think they're the biggest threat even for the Lakers I mean if we get a Lakers Nets matchup in the finals I honestly think that's going to be one of the best finals that we're ever going to see in our lifetime Wow, Kev, that's a pretty bold statement for the NBA season we could definitely do a bold predictions NBA episode and you might have to replay that segment a little bit there but guys I have one more question for our season expectations uh well not question but just another little debate here conversation whatever you want to call it and we're going to take it by the west and the east again and I want you guys to name a team or a couple if you want that you think is going to have the most change and I'm going to start with the east on this one and I think the team that's going to have dramatic change and will be talked about as a playoff team is the Wizards. Uh, last year, the Wizards were the nine seed, and like you guys have both said, um, after the acquisitions and moves that they've been able to make, ship away John Wall, take in Russell Westbrook, get Bradley Beal healthy, I definitely think the Wizards could be a five or a six seed, and that could also be expanded upon if they were getting better pieces throughout. Um, so I think the Wizards can have a lot of change uh, for their franchise this year for the East, and then in the West, I think there's going to be a lot of change in Golden State, but I think that's something that I think a lot of people are going to know, and that's all due to injury and them getting a lot of young guys. But I think the biggest change, the most dramatic change, is going to come with the Mavs, and we talked about them a little bit earlier in the episode. And last year, the Mavs were around the bottom half of the the playoffs when they got in, and I think realistically, if Porzingis was to say, say he missed the first half of the season, came back the second half, and they could have they could add a piece at some point in time within this season. I definitely think the Mavs can be a team that can be around a three or a four seed 
in the West. And I know that's a bold uh, statement, so I might have to save that for the episode as well. But I think Luka is arguably, you know, a top three player in the NBA. I think you guys would say say the same there. And I think if he just gets a couple of right guys around him, then the Mavs aren't far away. Yeah, so to, to start it off with East, I'm going to say Philly, uh, just because you have the coach, you have shooters, and this is really the last chance to make that work. Uh, and I think it will. I think they'll be good. I think they'll surprise a lot of people. I mean, they've always been good in the regular season, and they're always a threat. But I think the dynamic will change. I think the chemistry will be better, and I like their expectations. Uh, and then for the West, I'll probably go the Rockets, just because there's only two ways I see the season going. Uh, they're awful because they have no big men, and Harden's checked out and just putting up numbers or they're very good, and they move harder. You know what I mean? Just because his value is going to be at its highest. And they'll kind of be like a Clippers team from a few years ago where it was a bunch of role players who play tough, play gritty for their new head coach, and get the job done. So those would be my two teams I'd go with. Yeah, so for the East, and it's so tough because obviously a lot of teams, the Sixers was a great one, Lou and Steve, the Wizards was a good one. But just not to repeat teams, I'm going to throw out a team that – I'm honestly interested to see, and I think this is a team that we could find in that, you know, bottom tier of playoff teams, you know, that six, seven, eight seed, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, if you think about it, you got Trey Young, who's a young emerging star. You got Clint Capella midseason last season, and he wasn't really healthy when you got him. Now he's back healthy. You got John Collins. You just got Bogdanovich, who's a very underrated shooting guard in the NBA. And you got a bunch of, you know, young guys in Cam Reddish and, and Hunter and, and Huter, you know what I mean? So they have a, a pretty solid bench of, of young guys. They got good role players now, like I said, Bogdanovich. John Collins hopefully is going to take that next step this season because really excited to see him play. I hope he, he, he makes that leap because I have big expectations for him. And like I said, Capella's a huge upgrade for them. And him and Trey Young on the, on the pick and roll is going to be so, so lethal. So I'm excited to see them. And I really do think they could finish in like a six or seven seed. Honestly, I mean, they're going to be t- putting up a ton of points. Clint Capella is, you know, a top five, six rim protector in the league. And yeah, they're going to be exciting to watch. A very good young team in the East, the Atlanta Hawks. Plus uh, Cam Reddish as well, who was great the second half. Yes, yes, exactly. And then for the West, oh, it's tough, but just not to be biased, but I got to go with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, We've seen that Chris Paul, even this late in his career, can go to a team and really turn them around. I mean, we saw what he did with OKC last year. And obviously, it wasn't all on him. Guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander were very good. Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams obviously just got traded. But still, I mean, Chris Paul was really the big motor of, of their success last season. And if he goes to Phoenix and he can provide Devin Booker with that one-two punch now and, and kind of take that load off, off Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden doesn't get suspended or injured, and can play a full season and really get, you know, going and get in midseason form come, you know, midseason, then I think they're going to be really good. I mean, even Bridges is a really good role player, you know, for in perspective, you know what I mean? So they're going to be a really good team. I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs this year. I think this is the year. I think they're going to sneak in that 7-8 seed, maybe even a little bit higher. It all depends on on how CP3 and Booker can mesh and how Aiden plays, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see the Suns play, but you know how I feel about my guy, D-Book, so I don't want to be too biased. <laughs> yeah, I definitely hear you there, Kev, but that's going to wrap things up for our NBA Christmas game preview and our season expectations. So we hope you guys like that episode. Basketball is heating up as football is coming to an end, so we're going to have so much more coming for you guys 
Make sure to stay tuned with all fantasy ball things with Lou and Kev. And remember, don't listen to Kev. Peace out, guys, and five stars.